Hermes draw near, and to my prayer incline, in arts gymnastic, and in fraud divine. Dire weapon of the tongue which men revere, be present, Hermes, in thy suppliant here. Welcome to Third Eye Bind, episode 40, Hauntings. Trigger warning, this episode contains brief mention of suicide and violence. Your discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Laura. And I'm Caitlin. And welcome to Third Eye Bind. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are your ghost Ghost hosts. (laughs) Because today's topic is hauntings. Hauntings. This is also our season four closer. Our finale. Our finale. It's finale. It's finale. It's day, <laughs> so we thought we would get very dressed up for you, yes, in a spooky kind of way, and do a really fun topic that I know a lot of people want to hear about. Absolutely, and so many of you commented on our Instagram that you thought we were talking about Beetlejuice when we were wearing something completely different a few weeks ago. Yes, and Beetlejuice really is a story of a haunting. haunting. So here we are giving you our best. Deets family <laughs> decor. <laughs> but before we get started, if you like this podcast, we invite you to please pause the episode and go ahead and like, subscribe, leave comments on YouTube, leave a review. Five stars is preferable. <laughs> it's a preference. It's a preference. Not a choice, but... We're not forcing you, but we are encouraging you. We would love it if you paused Absolutely. right now and, and did the review. Leave thing. reviews. It's super helpful for us to help keep getting the podcast out there to other folks like you who want to hear this type of stuff. want to hear this deep knowledge and insight <laughs> that we have to offer. Um, and if you love the podcast please consider supporting us by becoming a patreon a patron patron a patron patron. yeah at patreon.com slash third eye bind new patrons of tier two and up get a really fucking cool sticker pack holographic sticker sticker pack designed by laura it's awesome check it out it's pretty cool Mm mm-hmm uh, before we get into card pools as well, Laura, is there anything that you've been working on over at Lady Moon Co. that you'd like to talk about? Well, you know, yeah. Um, our Magic Morsels Oracle deck is still mm-hmm. popping and is fresh out of the oven of fresh. my brain. Uh, and I did want to offer our listeners 20% off of those decks yes. with the code MORSELS. You can do that. And get yourself a little snack. Yes. You know? at over at ladymoon.co. Ladymoon.co or etsy.com. Nice. Slash etsy, Etsy.com slash shop slash Lady Moon Company. Or you can search Lady Moon Company in Etsy because Lady Moon Co. was not available <laughs> at the time. But it's mine and it's How trademarked. Rude. So I don't know why, actually. I don't know why someone would keep it. Yeah. That's funny. Whatever. I'll sue mm. you. It's fine. <laughs> It's no big deal. It's fine. It's not a big <laughs> does deal. your code work on Etsy and on your website? Yes. Amazing. So, so cool. Yeah. What about, do you have any offerings for our listeners? Yeah. So. Or updates? 
Yes. Well, so many of you helped support my offerings Oracle Kickstarter. Those are being manufactured right this minute Mm, and they should be ready to ship to you in July, maybe a little sooner. We'll see. Um, But I will be opening pre-orders for the deck really soon. So you should go to my website, www.motherofmystics.com. Get on my email list so that you know when orders are open. (laughs) cool yes ah hauntings hauntings I'm really excited to talk about this topic I'm actually going to be teaching a class in November on this topic another reason to join my email list Mm -hmm. so let's see what the cards have in store for us today Mm. I'm excited Ooh, shuffling with gloves is weird are we going to get the Three of Swords again or whatever the hell we kept getting? Ooh, I got a big chill this time. Ooh, I just got one. <laughs> Ooh, it's like the wave. <laughs> Hauntings. Hauntings. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> no. I was saying yes to the card, <laughs> not to you. <laughs> oh. I was talking to the card. Oh, I'm sorry. So I pulled the Seven of Cups. And oh, I think this is a really beautiful message for this episode because when we arrive at the Seven of Cups, we are at a moment when there are so many different choices, opportunities, understandings in front of us. And it's an invitation to do whatever work you need to do, whether it's divination, taking a deep breath, talking things out, considering your current circumstances, asking questions. Do the work that you need to do to figure out which of these cups is right for you. And when it comes to hauntings and spirits in general, I believe that it is important to do our due diligence to understand why certain spirits are making themselves known to us. Because the truth is, there isn't just one standard reason out there. There are so many different reasons why Mm -hmm. a spirit may be appearing to you, may be active in your space, may be active around you. And by turning to the cups, the suit of our psychic and spiritual abilities we are able to discern what it is that's going on so that we can make a choice about how to approach the situation and the spirit at hand. Mm-hmm. The other reason I love this card is that we have pulled it this season yeah. because I remember the reading song. the lyrics. Some of them want to use you. Some of them want to be used by you. That's perfect. And it's perfect because some of them want to move through you. Some of them want you to tap into them and work with them. And it's, you never know. You never know. Until you figure it out. And it's not always (laughs) malevolent, malevolent, and it's not always benevolent. And it's that. Sometimes it's a mix of both. Sometimes it's a little bit of everything. And the only way to find out is to put in the effort. Yeah. To find out. You know, what's interesting is that, 
when you when you uh, were reading that or when you pulled that card and I realized what card it was, I was almost thinking about it from the spirit's perspective and not ours. Aww. Like, not what we should do, but what the spirits choose to do to yeah. interact with us and why. Because mm. I think that's really the question at the end of the day is like, why is this spirit choosing this method? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're making a similar choice. Absolutely. In interacting with us, you know, it's like, well, where, you know, we don't know for certain where they exist or why, mm-hmm. but they're reaching out or they're making noise for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, what, why are they choosing to do that? You yeah. know, like, and it's just a very symbiotic kind of choosing. Yeah, it's both ways. You know, absolutely. So that's, that's what I was thinking because mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this in like our ghost episode before. Yeah. And the main thing I see changing in the paranormal community and paranormal um, hunting community is having a lot more empathy for the spirits Mm. that they're dealing with and not just going in there and riling up a place when they're investigating or trying to make Mm -hmm. contact and pissing off a spirit or insulting a spirit just to get a reaction. Like it's Mm. more becoming about respecting asking questions asking how can I help you and actually doing that and trying to figure out that in a lot of the time that seems to help the haunting situation so that the living and the dead can live together harmoniously Mm -hmm. and it's not just about exercising the spirit or getting rid of the spirit or Or moving on the spirit and getting rid of the spirit. It's more Mm -hmm. like quelling, working with. And I think that's really interesting and probably the right way Mm -hmm. to go about a haunting, depending on what it is. Right. A case by case basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, from your, so what do you think, like, from your opinion, like, what? what is a haunting like where where do the spirits end up like what what's your sort of like knowledge or opinion on that I've got so many thoughts I've got so many yeah um also I love what you mentioned about haunt uh like paranormal investigation shows shifting yeah the way they approach paranormal situations because Mm -hmm. I feel like so much of it in the 90s and oh, early God. 2000s was very Still, like but... dude bro ghostbusters we're gonna get this thing out of or like let's see if we can make it's it, a demon like, every time poking a bear in a cage instead of yeah. showing empathy so i think it's yeah. really cool that more of those shows are focusing on um a kinder approach to it's, engaging with the paranormal it's i would imagine it's hard to not react out of fear Totally. Because it's fucking scary. Like, if I saw a ghost, I'd probably shit my pants. And then I'd be like, all right, what do you need? Like, but then I think, again, I've mentally, like, I consume a lot of paranormal television and yeah. podcasts. And, you know, I don't know. There's, there's, mm-hmm. the reactions are, for someone who doesn't speak to spirits actively or in a way that I'm, like, comfortable with that all the time, I'd be, I'd be pretty scared. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've, I, I'm just very curious about the subject, and I think about it in a in a way that's like, okay, well, what's really happening? Mm-hmm. 
And what's the spectrum? Because everyone's got different sort of opinions about it. So where do you kind of lie on the like spectrum of hauntings and and ghosty ghosts? Uh, All over the place. (laughs) Right, which is... I lay all over the place. And it really is a case-by-case situation. I think that if we want to break it down and categorize it to make it a little bit easier to understand, um, I tend to break it into a few different categories. The first is harmless spirits who are just like busy. They're just hanging out. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe this was their house before. Maybe this was their land before. Maybe they are your ancestors or your guides. And they just want you to know that they're around. And so they're jingling a bell or Mm -hmm. flickering the lights. Little things like that. Um, Very cute. Love it. Then we have our tricksters. And Mm. tricksters can vary. Tricksters exist on their own spectrum. And if you haven't already, go listen to the trickster episode in season two or three. Two. We've had so many seasons. So Uh, many seasons. So many. But tricksters can very you know fluctuate between being very harmless and just kind of silly and really inviting you to be more playful and that's why they'll do playful things like bounce a ball or move your keys around they're playing games with you tricksters can also be dangerous and they can pretend to be something that they're not pretend to be someone that they're not because they are hungry for something from you Mm -hmm. then we have um I call them guardian spirits or land ancestors. Yeah. And these are spirits that are protecting a place. And they don't take it lightly when someone in their eyes is disrespecting their space. And it's not that they are evil spirits. But when we consider that... The United States is a country that was founded on indigenous genocide and the enslavement of African people and continues to systemically oppress and kill Mm -hmm. people of color, queer folks, all of those spirits who have been harmed by U.S. nationalism. Like, they still exist here. Mm -hmm. Some of them have transitioned on, but some of them have become protectors of the land and protectors of their descendants. And if they feel like someone in a house or someone on a property or a museum or whatever are not respecting the space or the people who the space belongs to, like they can get really turbulent. Mm -hmm. And in those cases, it's not really a matter of exercising a spirit, but it's more like what you said. It's about learning to cohabitate or figuring out how to reconcile the wrong. Yeah. There's, I'm thinking of an episode of, think it was kindred spirits which is a show i recommend checking out Mm -hmm. they're very mindful of the hosts are really mindful of that Mm -hmm. sort of thing but they the people were i think i talked about this on the ghost episode but i'm going to talk about it again yeah i believe the homeowners were seeing like native spirits Mm -hmm. by the river and stuff do you remember this Mm -hmm. and it was like a water a water source and they were like guarding the water source yeah is what they discerned and so they called in like 
like relative like tribal members that are alive today to sort of like act as a liaison and to to give ritual to them and I think that made it and let the the homeowners know like what they could do to like Mm -hmm. you know live peacefully or something so it was it's like those solutions rather than like trying to fight them Mm -hmm. and kick them out which is but also like maybe you don't need to live there I know it's not yeah I mean (laughs) but sometimes like you gotta give the land back right and okay so another group poltergeists these are malevolent malevolent why am i struggling with that word today malevolent Malevolent. entities that feed off of a host (laughs) and the host might be an object the host might be a person the host might be a place but they are attached to someone or something and they feed themselves from whatever energy you've got be it fear frustration anger apathy chaos because the thing i've Mm -hmm. noticed with poltergeist a lot of this because i was confused when i was first like like is a poltergeist caused by like it can appear when people like have this symbiotic symbiotic relationship with like an energy and then they're they feed each other almost so if it's like if someone's like an addict or like you know Mm -hmm. doing crazy shit like making meth in the kitchen or whatever like i'm sure there's like a meth poltergeist just like yes man they are attracted (laughs) to that energy yeah and they like see this as an opportunity or if you have really negative energy yeah for whatever reason or like you're going through a depressive episode Mm. you know like you're you're feeling that way like those are times when you are left not to not to freak everyone out Mm. but those are times when you tend to be vulnerable to those types of spirits because you know like when i'm in a depressive episode Uh, i'm not doing my best when it comes to tending to my altar i can barely shower i can barely brush my teeth you tend to get sick more when you're in those spaces and so it makes sense you know you have trouble Mm -hmm. sleeping all but at the same time can't get out of bed and it leaves you vulnerable to those types of spirits attaching themselves to you because they're like ooh, delicious this Mm -hmm. person can't fight back Mm -hmm. um but also if you're like naughty <laughs> like if you are naughty, if you thrive on chaos, yeah. you attract spirits who thrive on chaos and then they move through you to create greater chaos. Mm-hmm. Um but like I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with who have dealt with depression or trigger warning like sexual ideation and or like body image stuff or that's a big one like trauma from their parents yes unkind words from their parents and then as an adult they're like I know it's more than me because I've been doing all this work I go to therapy I take care of myself and I still can't shake this and what I've found in many of these cases is there was an entity attached to them that was drawn in by whatever had originally happened. And like often they linger right here behind the ear Mm. and they like whisper, they like reinforce Mm. that shitty stuff back to them over and over again. So like no matter what they do, they're like, I can't shake it. It's like, it's this thing living right here. Mm. And it's, I've literally like just this year, I've helped three different femmes 
with this type of situation. And yeah, it's, I just want to say like, if you've ever been in that place and you feel like I, I know it's more than just me, like I believe you and there are spiritual practitioners out there who can help you with this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have memories. Mm, residual hauntings. Exactly. Yes. Them. Residual residual hauntings. hauntings where it's like on a loop. Mm-hmm. It's a loop being played and it's not an active, intelligent spirit. Right. It's just more of an imprint of energy mm-hmm. that actually makes a lot of sense scientifically. Mm-hmm. There was one case I remember where there was a lot of quartz around and mm-hmm. quartz can like, I'm not a scientist, sorry, embed and record like frequencies and amplify frequencies in some sort of way. And um, they were hearing residual conversations from the past or like. From like court cases? No, just from like like from I don't know where it was some land like they were just hearing because there was so much quartz around like the environment it was just like oh quartz oh quartz did you Q-U-A-R-T-Z I was thinking quartz (laughs) the quartz like (laughs) C-O-U-R-T-S oh no I was like whoa (laughs) no but I mean hey there could be a haunted court there could I don't know why there wouldn't be (laughs) I know there I know there are like gallows and stuff where yeah like hear some of the rope snapping and stuff the quartz holds the voices holds the voices yeah yeah i believe that so that for in terms of residual like that was one of the reasons mike's Mike's dying (laughs) why did i say it weird (laughs) they do sound exactly the same quartz quartz quartz. quartz. oh they do they sound the same quartz (laughs) quartz well I don't know where your minds are, but, but it's the crystals. This is a witch show. <laughs> but yeah, if something traumatic happens in a space, mm-hmm. it can leave that sort of loop, like someone walking up the stairs and then disappearing. Yeah, every night, same thing, same time. Like in the, up the that movie we always talk about the legend. The oh, which one? It was a mini series on Netflix. We and the, the lady comes out of the water and she oh, goes up the stairs. Oh, uh, like Hill House, but Hill not House, Hill House. Thank you, but the second one. Bly Manor. Blythe Manor. Bly Manor. Yeah. 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 That's a loop. She was so yeah. scary. Yeah. And she didn't become like a conscious spirit until... Until some. Until, oh, the other girl like jumped inside of her, oh, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like... Spoilers! At, yes. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and I don't know why. I can't tell you why that happens. I rather than tell you why, I can't tell you why. Like some spirits, when they die of traumatic causes, stay, and why some of them go or mm-hmm. go. I don't know where they go, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You yeah, know, there's lots of theories. That's part of the reason why in Espiritismo we teach ancestral elevation is so important, right? Because so many spirits do get stuck earthbound, even if they're not turbulent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like spirits get stuck earthbound after they pass away because they they need help processing 
everything that happened in their lives. And when you think about like us, the living, like we need help processing yeah. everything that's happening in our I lives. I would need help processing mm-hmm. things if like, I died. It, it only makes sense that if, especially if you didn't have help while you were still alive, that you still are in need of assistance after you pass away. And depending on the situation, like you can become a turbulent spirit or just become a lingering. Whenever I find spirits who are not turbulent, but are earthbound, they always show up in this like gray space. Mm. And that's what I call it. The gray place. Maybe some people call it purgatory. Um, Yeah. But they're just like hanging out and it's cold and they're hungry and they're thirsty because they're stuck. And when we, pray for those spirits to receive their assistance um whatever assistance they need then that kind of releases them Mm -hmm. from this gray place so that they can move on to whatever is next be it the ancestral realms becoming a land ancestor um yeah be reincarnation uh whatever it is rest and it's like you think oh i just say a prayer and then that helps what but, like, if you think about words and you think about spells and, mm-hmm. and what words can do and what what even, like, when you're having a really shitty time mm-hmm. and then somebody does something really nice for you that's very simple mm-hmm. and then that just, like, makes you, fills you with some sort of hope or, like, mm-hmm. that happened to me yesterday. You know, shitty day. Got a really lovely gift of a cool graphic novel in the mail from my best guy friend and, like... Mm-hmm unprompted you know and just I was just like oh that's so that's so sweet like I really really needed that Mm -hmm. or even if someone just opens the door for you or tells you you look nice when you feel like shit yeah inside like so those little things those little gestures I would imagine that when they cross over the veil would be powerful absolutely because they're earthly and and they're from the living i'm guessing Mm -hmm. because we have power in some sort of way to them Mm -hmm. or like some sort of source of energy right Mm -hmm. those small efforts and small rituals or even just saying i know i you're right for feeling terrible for how you died or something or just any sort of i feel you validation fist bump Uh uh-huh and then they're like cool eh," and then they just like go Mm -hmm. somewhere Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, when you think about like pre, I don't even know about like pre-colonial, but like pre-capitalism. Yeah. um, I guess pre-colonial too. But we used to spend so much more time on death rites. Yes. That's the other part of this. We used to spend so much more time and every culture has their own unique way of honoring death. Mm -hmm. But here in the Western world, it's like you're in a freezer, then you're in a box or you're in the incinerator and you're lucky if your family members get the afternoon off to see it happen. Or to even see your body and to accept Mm -hmm. and to, it's very removed emotionally. It's very sterilized. Very sterilized. It's got to fit in so you don't miss too much work. Even in, like, colonial <laughs> times, yeah. I think even up until, I don't know, that would be very interesting. I yeah, I feel but like I need like to research the, a little bit. But I know, like, they'd be like, hey, grandma's dead in the living room for, like, three days, you know, and people yeah, would, like, awake. visit yeah. and, like, depending on whatever was, yeah. yeah. Just, like, they would photograph dead people mm-hmm. as and prop them up like they were, like, but they'd be, like, dead. You know, yeah, and then they would. That's like Victorian, like morning stuff, that and like sense. keeping the hair. The Victorians and were like, really into mourning. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. that era's was Momentum with mori. spiritualism and things exactly. like that. The that's connection why. and the 
you know, it's interesting about like spiritualism and like spirituality having moments. Mm -hmm. We've kind of touched on this before is that it usually happens like in times of war or famine Mm -hmm. or like where there's a lot of death and they need a way to process it. And it's too it's too much and they need to see it and they they interact with it more because it's so shocking. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. But it's it's kinda like a in a weird way, like a positive It's could like cathartic effect, you know, that yeah. people are spending more time talking about death. It is positive and, effect. Yeah. For I think all parties involved. Like, yes. you know. Absolutely. I wouldn't want <laughs> I wouldn't want some to die and then have like no one talk about me or like go see me or visit me or like I would be real sad and haunt all of you motherfuckers. If I was just like forgotten, you know, or not given a tree or like a a place to like be or remembered, like that's it's kind of shitty, you know. When working with the spirits, something that I found that so many of them have in common is this fear of being forgotten. Yeah. Um, This fear that their lives were in vain. Yeah. That their legacy doesn't exist. Yeah. Or they don't know that it still exists for whatever reason. Like, there's been a few cases where there was, like, one where it was in a a museum dedicated to a dude, Mm -hmm. forgot an author, let's say. But his statue had been moved to another area of the museum for whatever reason. And then somebody else's statue was in with his stuff, with his books Mm. for whatever reason. And he was, and it started, they started to have activity because the guy was like, excuse me, this is my place and I want to be with my things. Or like, he didn't like where the, where shit was moved. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> he didn't like how the living were moving his stuff around. And it's like, I'd probably do that. Yeah. Because I get anal You're about like, that, that now. Go there. <laughs> like, I don't like people touching my shit. Like, that's, yeah, the possessiveness over, like, the stuff. living objects that they left behind, which goes into our psychometry episode where these objects are still, like, coveted by the people that owned them mm-hmm. in a way. And it's like, those that holds a lot of power, oh, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you ever dealt with a case, because you do do exorcisms and things, that you couldn't help somebody with in some sort of way? Or, like, it was so intense that you were just like, I need assistance or this is, like, a demon or, like, <laughs> what's, like, the cr- the most intense, like, haunting or attachment that you've helped mm. somebody with? The most intense one was this year. Um, I assisted someone who has had, it's going to make me cry, um, had this entity attached to them since probably they were a, an infant. Mm. Um, and they had been dealing with this entity their entire lives, just like plaguing their mental health. And every time they thought they would get better, like this thing would tear them down again. And um, did they experience like how did they know it was there? Were they haunted like in a traditional sense? Uh, it started to get more turbulent right before they contacted me. So they would see shit and hear shit and stuff would be moving around. The typical haunting, and situation. they started to become depleted. Mm-hmm. 
like you could see like the light was coming out of their skin their eyes were really dark um just their hair was limp they weren't feeling they were like really not okay and I did their exorcism in person and it, it varies like sometimes I'll do exorcisms and I'm really just having a conversation with the spirits who are there and other times like I become possessed by my own spirits who go and like and do the thing do some shit yeah and so in this one um one of my crossroads spirits mounted me and like I could it it's almost like Blythe Man- you know how they tell the kids like you're tucked away in one part yeah. when we take over your body uh-huh. that's kind of what it feels like except I'm more conscious of what's going on it's right. almost like I see an aerial view of what's happening wow. and um my spirit was like addressing the demon it was a demon and they like told me the name and then it vanished from my brain and they're like don't say that name and I was like okay um but my spirit was addressing the demon and like talking about him and saying like I've met you before and I know what you do and I know that like you thrive off of abusing like women in particular like that was his thing and he kept talking to him and talking to him and then (laughs) this is gonna sound crazy um it's third eye bind, baby. It's third eye bind, baby. My spirit unhinged his jaw, and I felt my jaw, like, crack. Whoa. And he sw- swallowed it, swallowed the demon. And I started, like, heaving, and my client's sibling grabbed a bucket for me to throw up in, and my spirit was like, you have to swallow it. You have to swallow oh. it. And so, like, I took a drink of – I had poured rum for my spirit, and so I, like, took a drink of it, and I, like, swallowed it. And then uh, he, my guy, my spirit, like blessed uh, my client, and then he pulled out his tooth. Oh right! And he the put tooth. it in her hand. Uh, I told you about yeah. this. He put the tooth in her hand, and said, "Like for your protection now." And then one of my other guides came through. Who's the spirit who did the exorcism? Was a fire spirit. And then one of my water spirits mounted me, and one of my old mentors who's passed away mounted me and they did like the gentle stuff and cleansed her and poured more life into her and things like that and gave her a really long pep talk and then when it was done her eyes had changed color like they were bright brown bright brown like amber stones beautiful and her skin changed and then I saw her again recently and she looked amazing oh good amazing she's doing well she's doing really well it worked so like the days following she was really sick yeah which is very normal um yeah my mentor Chiron calls it spirit surgery and so when you have big things like this happen it's normal that you feel kind of yucky and under the weather afterwards for Mm -hmm. a little while and then all of a sudden you're better um, but my favorite part of the story is that a few weeks later, my client's sibling reached out to me and said, hey, do you remember when your spirit handed my sibling a tooth? And I was, I kind of didn't remember. I was like, oh, and she was like, she grew a oh, molar. She grew a molar. That's fucking crazy. She grew a brand new molar. She gave her a tooth. Right, like she's in her late 20s. There's no reason why she should be like growing random teeth. Yeah. But my spirit gave her a molar to protect her and then she grew one in her mouth. Fucking wow. crazy, yeah. So when you say like your spirit gave her a tooth, mm-hmm. how did that, 
like visually to uh, ha- how did so, she receive like how does that happen is it just like miming of that happening basically and the, it's, hey, a, it's miming a, yeah. yeah he like popped my mouth open and I pulled on one of my teeth but I didn't actually pull yeah. it out and then he put it in her hand and said what it was and closed yeah. it and she put it on her heart Aww. and the other thing my client's sibling said was that morning I think um, her sister had found one of her grandmother's necklaces and it was like a heart pendant and she had blessed it and put it on her and it was just really interesting that like the tooth went in her hand she put it in her heart and then it grew into her mouth like it was just fascinating the whole thing was magical and she's doing really well now that's very but that's probably the most intense experience I've had there are certain people that like I haven't been able to help because they didn't they came to me Looking for help with the haunting in their home. And this has happened on three separate occasions. Right. Like typical ghosty, ghosty, mm-hmm. footsteps, black shadow man. Exactly. Yeah. And like some, the last All one, the like they were having like some real turbulence in their house, like scary stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I told them that like, I couldn't explain what I was doing until like go to the house and like see what's going on. Yeah. Like they got really weird. Hmm. Do they want more of a, a bro ghost approach? Where I guess you're gonna bring so. In? They're like, just come with the Ghostbuster machine. And it's yeah. like, that's not how this works. Right. Like there are some spirits that need to be removed, like the one that was attached yeah. to my client. Yeah. But that's not always the case. Right. So they wanted you to say like, yeah. you're going to get rid of it, right? Yeah. Before you need and to then assess. They also wanted me to do it for free. Oh, right. No. Which I don't do. <laughs> Now, some people will, like, if there's... Some people will. Ghost investigator groups, yeah. they love that shit. Yes. They're like, let me just, yeah, let me... See. And that's cool. Call them. That's cool. <laughs> um, I don't know that their practices are, like, ancestrally sound or within a lineage a lot of the time, which is cool if they're, like, figuring out their own way to do it, but, you know, there's something <clears throat> spicy, in a good way, mm-hmm. about working with, like a curandera or like mm-hmm. a, like a, I don't know, just like a yeah. healer that's from like a lineage that is sound. Like that's why people call it Catholic priests. And I would imagine, right. Because totally. they're like, they like the shit too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to tell you every spirit's like a fucking demon, yeah. but like, you know, which is what I've seen a lot of when they call, that's where I get twisted with like d- mm-hmm. the demon thing because I know not all spirits are demons, and I feel like the priests like to go, you know. Every spirit that's not the Holy Spirit is a demon. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like they overuse the D word a little bit, and then they'll try to just get rid of it. And it sounds like with what you do, there's a lot more like discernment in in taking care of the entity as well, Mm -hmm. unless it's like a fucking shit show. Like I like that one you don't win. Yeah, like that one. You know? That was the first time my spirits ever used the D word. Right. Demon. Right, that right. was the first time they ever actually told me no, like they're like, bitch, this that's is what a demon. You would I was call like, a oh. demon. <laughs> so like a demon as in like a non human malevolent entity or like a what because demons I don't know if that thing or used if it to was, be human or not. I don't right, know. Right, right, not sure. I'm not sure because my spirits were like, I almost feel like they were trying to protect me from knowing too much about it. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, Because they wouldn't tell me what I was doing. Usually they give me some like 
these are some things you can expect, Kate, on the way. Yeah. But this time they were like, you're buying two co- coconuts, you're buying a giant thing of rum, and you're yeah. buying white flowers, and we'll tell you what to do when we get there. Right. And I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> I will trust. Um, the, non, the non-human or earthbound spirits, the elementals, mm-hmm. those are the ones that really interest me mm-hmm. and really creep me out, you know, yes. because they're so... Interesting. There's a show I used to make fun of a lot called The Dead Files. You ever watch it? No. And it's this show. The Dead Files. It's the it's a psychic medium and a cop, an ex cop. He's very like, hey. Oh, I've heard of you probably told me about that. Yeah, but they like they investigate the cases like separately and then they come together at the end. But but the way that she I, I used to think she was full of shit because of the way that she'd, she she has a sketch artist like draw what she's saying. Yeah. And then she'll go to the people at the end and be like, yeah, there's like this icky pile of goo that crawled up from the ground. Yeah. And then it's trying to eat your soul and it's yeah. trying to mount you. And I'd be like, what the fuck? Okay. But I actually, and yes. I talked to you about it and you're <laughs> like, no, that's actually the kind of shit that I see. Yes. And she'll be like, there's a really tall elemental and it keeps swinging against your house. (laughs) And it's very just like creative to me and like very interesting the Mm -hmm. things that she comes up with. And I'm like, I fucking believe her now. Yes. But she'll straight up be like, yeah, you're sick because of this thing. And if you don't leave, it's going to kill you. Yeah, sometimes it's like that. Yeah, the indecision is, is there anything you can do about it? Or do you need to leave your fucking house? Yeah, yes. And she'll be like, you need to fucking leave your house. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy her methods. I love that about her. Because it's like, it's that extreme. But I feel like that's accurately like what's Mm -hmm. going on. Because sometimes they'll be like, the minute I step in the house, I got cancer or whatever. And she's like, you're going to die if like you don't get out of the house or if you don't do X, Y, Z. Sometimes it's like that. There's prescriptive methods mm-hmm. and they're often like, and they'll be like, are you really going to do this? Take this advice. And they're like, yeah. yeah. Then at the end, it'll be like, the family did step one and it got kind of better. Or it'll they'll be like, they did everything right away. And you can tell like the level they're willing mm-hmm. to take responsibility for the haunting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the level of which they think she's full of shit. Totally. It's really fucking interesting. That's why you I'm so particular about <laughs> clients that I accept for this survey. Like, it's not yeah. just something I've advertised on my website. It's like an if you know, you know kind yeah. of thing. And when I'm done, usually my guide, Felicita, or my the spirit of my old mentor, Delia, will come through and they, like, give homework. Like, yeah. I call it aftercare. Yeah. And they're like, if you don't do these things, you absolutely run the risk of yeah. either that coming back or something else taking its place. Yeah. And I, I like cannot stress enough how serious my clients need to take that aftercare because mm-hmm. if you don't do those steps, like it might not work out. And even the like less harmful spirits, yeah. um, the ones that they need to become friendly with instead like if you don't do the steps usually those types of spirits will ask for some sort of offering yeah and some sort of altar and i'm like but if you don't do the things if you don't bury three silver fish in your backyard like i told you to (laughs) like shit's gonna get real real fast yeah and i feel like people oftentimes at least on that show i've Mm -hmm. seen they just want whatever it is gone yeah and she'll most of the time be like okay but if she, like, wants to help a spirit, she'll be like, okay, I can take the old woman's spirit with me when mm. I leave. 
and I'll help her. But this one, you're going to need one male priest who's very aggressive in personality. Like, she'll get very specific. I kind of love that. No, it's really interesting. Yeah, okay, like, I'm going to watch this. Like, a, like, you'll also need, like, a pagan healer that knows how to do this, this, this. I need you to, ideally, they do it on the same day. Like, it's very <sighs> specific. I love that. That's that good hierophant yeah. energy. She's pretty cool. Ugh. So uh, that's why it's important that like when you're dealing with this stuff, you find someone who actually knows what they're doing It's pretty detailed. because it really is very it's prescripted and regimented and weird. Mm-hmm. Like the things that she sees and like, it's, I don't know. I'd be interested mm-hmm. to, to hear what you think, but I remember you telling yeah. me about like the slime ball stuff and yeah. like more often than not, like that the stuff that she the draws story I talked about earlier. Like that was, that felt more like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was a man. I don't know what it was. Right. It's But usually, so cool. usually they're like, um, if you've seen Spirited Away, they're these little flurry, furry black, like, ball spirits. Mm. They look like that. Or they look like fucking centipedes. Mm-hmm. The gross furry ones. I think she's talked about the, that yeah. kind of shit, well, too. And I, like, always gag. Or it's like... Yeah. And then I start to like heave while my spirits are like getting rid of it. And yeah. they're like, my, I feel them patting about, they're like, get over it. Get like, over you it, just have it. to get over it. You're the vessel. You're the vessel. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> this is your calling. Sorry. You chose this life. You chose this life. Sorry. <laughs> That's so interesting. But yeah, those are the more common ones. Yeah. And no. they really are surprisingly common. They don't all look like pilgrim ladies in old timey dresses, no. you know? But they can. But they can. <laughs> That's the spectrum of mm-hmm. hauntings. And it's so interesting mm-hmm. to me. I think we mentioned this book last time, but a really good book full of case studies on hauntings, the different types of hauntings and like approaches for how to protect yourself is um, Dion Fortune's Psychic Self-Defense. Oh, Dion Fortune's like mm-hmm. we need to get that and you, put it on our. I might shelf. even have two copies. I should bring one over because yeah, I would read that. Um, some of my favorite case studies were. Uh, I've already talked about the knife one a few times, but there's one. Oh, he had a client who was living in a home, and she had just moved into this house. She got a really fucking good deal on it, and it was on this like row of houses that were all super fancy, fancy. Yeah, that's a red flag. Uh huh. Red flag. Huge red flag. <laughs> If there's a huge discount on a fancy house, run. No reason. You don't need it. (laughs) Rent the apartment instead. Sure, you can like go get in there. Hire me or someone else to like take a look at it before you move in. (laughs) Before you send in the offer. Offering you should offer. Bitch. I think I'll I like, will. I'll like help some way. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Before you close on your house, call me. Grounded. I can ground. Like a like a plug in the ground. I, I can love ah, uh, yes. I don't know. Coming soon. That would be um, or when, before you move in. Before that's what I'm saying. Before you move in. Before you send yeah. in that offer. Yeah. Call me, and mm-hmm. I will do a walkthrough with you, just like a housing expect inspector looks yeah. for like yes. electrical shit. Like, it's like a in a, you're going to call the inspector before you sign your lease or your, or your yeah your lease. I will or be the your spirit inspector. Spirit inspectors. Because here's the thing. I'm all inserting myself into this Most business. places are haunted. <laughs> There's spirits everywhere all the time. The best yeah. analogy I can give is like walking down the sidewalk in New York on a weekday at 7 a.m. How packed yeah. it is. Yeah. That's how the world is with spirits all the yeah. time. 
But most of them are pretty chill. And it's just a matter of like being cool with cute. them. Yeah. Little, or they, or they like don't even care that you're there. I have a no They're like so busy in their own world. They're like, they don't even see you or care that no. you're there. But some, yeah. some do. Sometimes they take your things. That's a certain, we are definitely going to, okay, we're going to work on that. I would love to do that. Yeah. Oh, but okay. Anyways. So this, this person got yeah. a discount on a house on like Millionaire's Row, right? And she's super excited, like moving all her shit in. And she kept finding herself walking up to the second story window and feeling the compulsion to jump out, to throw herself out. Mm-hmm. And so she called Dion Fortune and he did a little investigation and he found out that it used to be, I can't remember if it was like an asylum right, or if it was uh like a boarding place for... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That type of thing. Facility. And somebody had done exactly yeah. that. And mm-hmm. even though she wasn't seeing his spirit, it was the yeah. imprint the, the energy, of that event. The energetic compulsion to mm-hmm. do so. Mm-hmm. That like yeah. kept... So, she had to sell the house. She had to leave. Wow. It was mm-hmm. that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a haunting. That's a type of haunting. And there are some imprints that like no matter what you do, you could tear the house down. And build something new. And, like, that energy yeah. will stay there. But yeah. also, what it reminds me of is the same way really traumatic things can leave an everlasting imprint. Joyful yes. things yes. can leave an imprint as well. Hauntings can be joyful. Mm-hmm. I don't think the word haunting or haunted is necessarily a negative thing. And I know that our audience identifies mm-hmm. with that because... I think a lot of people are into spooky spookies mm-hmm. and spooky culture because there's some sort of joy and um, like uh, like happy memories about Halloween or having those types of experiences and like reliving them. And, and mm-hmm. even spirits can be positive spirits. I mean, we talk about our guides all the time. Well, what do we think those are? You know, they're mm-hmm. spirits. They're spirits, yeah. And they're on that same spectrum of haunting, you know. Or like, if you live in a home and you're really happy there. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you won't have hard times, but you're happy there. Mm -hmm. And you lead a generally, like, joyful life. If you move out, whoever moves in has the benefit of the energy imprint that you've left there of, like, joy and maybe it's community, maybe it's family, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's success, whatever. Yeah. But like yeah. that good stuff stays imprinted on the place and the next people get to enjoy the benefit of that. And, and I think like, that's really yeah. fucking cool. And how their energy can like carry that through or mm-hmm. just mesh well with the new. That's how I feel about our house. Mm. The person who owned our house before us told us about it like, I love this house. There's been weddings in the backyard. There's been parties. There's been a lot. It sounded like there was a lot of just the people that lived here before we did. Not him, but they were like musicians. And I remember coming in to see the house when they were their shit was still here. And there was like music instruments everywhere. And like they looked cool. You know, it had a and there lot were of a lot of it. people. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. I think for whatever reason, that's true of of our house mm-hmm. and and it definitely was different than the place I lived before which was creepy yeah and weird <laughs> and, and I used to live in the old 
um, MGM backlot. Oh my God, that place is haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. there is a man-made lake. I think they shot like the original creature of the Black Lagoon there. Like I lived in this apart, this condo, condominium. And it was, yeah, it was very, um, like, old <clears throat> producers and stuff. Actors used to have their dressing rooms. There There were a lot of old mm-hmm. people living there left over from, like, that time. Like, <laughs> parents used to live oh there when God. I was there. Yeah, it was just, like, a weird community, like, right by Sony. So you probably know what I'm talking about if you know where, like, Sony mm-hmm. is and then off Overland, and it was there. And, yeah, it it was, like all these big wooden red buildings and it was just like weird you know mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of leftover energy i was talking to my mentor about this not too long ago but los angeles is in this really unique position of being a place where people from all over the world aspired to come to achieve their greatness yeah And while there are people who have made it, there are so many that got lost. So much heartbreak here. So much heartbreak, so much pain, so much. The like LA in the 20s and 30s and 40s, like people didn't want to go downtown for a reason. It was also extremely dangerous for a certain amount of time. And a so, like, debauchery. Yeah, there's a lot of debauchery, you know? There Disney was prohibition. Taking advantage there of was, and exactly. sexual assaults. All over, uh, even today. Even today. Of course, um, but yeah. yeah. But, like, there's so much pain. So in much addition pain. To the, like, kind of like majesty of this mm-hmm. place. And all of those spirits, many of them are still here. Um, still walking around our city streets. Like, Marilyn Monroe is still at the Roosevelt. Allegedly, yeah. She's there. Is that your favorite? What's your favorite, like, L.A. ghost? Because I have one. Uh, So at the Biltmore, I met this ghost of a little Victorian girl with black shiny shoes, a white dress, and a black bow in her hair. And she followed me around when I was... Unwell. (laughs) My personal poltergeist. (laughs) She reminded me of like Samantha from American Girl Dolls. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That was the vibe. What about you? I really like this story. I haven't seen a ghost per se. Mm -hmm. Well, I did get possessed that one time. I think I already told that story Mm -hmm. though. You did. I got possessed at this old abandoned um, hospital that I was shooting a short film at. And I was briefly possessed, and I said a lot of weird things, and it was very masculine, and then I ran out of the building. So, um, yeah. (laughs) It was a lot of scary masculine Mm -hmm. energy, and that was a hospital that had a lot of, like, gang violence in the 80s and things like Mm -hmm. that, and, like, a lot of men went through there that Mm -hmm. were probably, like, were going to die or gunshot wounds and things like that, stabbings. Anywho, that was fun, but my favorite story is Peg Entwistle. Do you know the Peg Entwistle? Yes. She jumped from the O of the Hollywood sign. It was one of the letters of the H. Maybe it was the H. She was an aspiring actress. She came to L.A. Mm -hmm. She didn't, you know, she didn't get a part or, like, her career wasn't going well, and she jumped off of the Hollywood sign and (sighs) herself. 
and on a live to herself. And, um, and uh, she allegedly haunts that trail area to this day. Oh. And you'll see like her skeletal face of Peg and Twistle. Creepy, this is huh? reminding me that I gave a reading. It was probably either earlier this year or last year. What? To one of my clients who's an aspiring musician, performer, and a spirit came through and she said that like she was like the lady of the Hollywood sign. What? No way. Yes. Oh, that's her. And she wore all white. What? And she she liked my client. She was like, I see you. Whoa. The lady of the I'm not Hollywood sign her right now. I no. feel her close though. No. Um, but sorry, Peg. She was, she was like in a good place though. She probably really likes being talked about, and that's probably mm-hmm. why she was in a good place when I channeled her. Oh, good. You could tell she doesn't like everybody. She's very. She particular. does get a lot of attention still, uh-huh. and talked she's, about. She's a legend. She's she received the infamy yes, and death that, that she, she could not in achieve in life. Great. Wow. Oh my God. Well, bless you, Peg. Bless I hope you're you, doing Peg. well. We're happy to share your story Ooh. on this podcast. Bless you, Peg. Bless you, Peg. Oh my God. That's so crazy. That I didn't know crazy. that story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it's a, that's a great one. Los Angeles, man. One time I was at a tattoo shop in Echo Park and I started, I kept feeling like there was a spirit sitting on top of one of the shelves. I was like, who is that? And then we weren't playing any music in there, but like a voice came through the speakers on the wall. Mm. And I was like, who is that? And then I did like some divination. I was channeling and her name was Sarah and she was like a, a pachuco, like a pachuca girl. Yeah. And she was like, I grew up on this street. I used to walk up and down this street. Cool. And she was talking about like the 40s and Los Angeles and her family and how like she just she hangs out at the tattoo shop because she feels comfortable there. That's and awesome. It was really cute. She was really cute. Oh, that style was so good. There's so many spirits in this city. It's wild. That was a really yeah. good story. Thank you. <gasps> do you know any more? God, I don't know. But you know what we do have? <gasps> A very special treat for you. We do. As some of you know, we asked our listeners to send in their haunted tales. And quite a few of you responded. With some incredible stories. Incredible, interesting stories. Mm -hmm. So we are going to read them now to you live on this podcast. Yeah. So without further ado, we present... Haunted Tales from the Binders. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. I will go first. I'm so excited. Okay. Laura actually hasn't read them. I read them because <laughs> I was like, I have to make sure that I'm not going to lose my mind reading these. I read one of them. Somebody had to read them to make sure Somebody they were not. Somebody had to screen them. Yes. And for some reason, I decided it should be me before and bed. <laughs> Yes, and that person was Caitlin. So, yes, I am reading most of these for the first time. This story is from Jordan, the old tenant. Hey, Caitlin and Laura. I am a huge fan of the pod, and I get so elated when you pop up on my Spotify every week. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. You've both helped me to feel so confident and validated in my witchy experiences, and I admire you both so much. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Jordan. Glad you could, we could help. <laughs> okay, spooky story time. In 2019, I moved into a very old Art Deco unit in Melbourne, Australia. When I found the place, I was head over heels for the unit due to its crown moldings and original wooden floors. Yes. Mm-hmm. The day my ex-partner and I moved in, we were a little taken aback as the previous tenant had left a bunch of their old stuff behind. My ex wanted to throw all the tenant's things away. However, I had an overwhelming feeling not to move or even touch any of it. My partner begrudgingly obliged and we integrated our things around the old tenant. What? Inevitably, my ex and I split up. It was an extraordinarily difficult breakup, and my mom and grandma came and helped clean the unit out to give me a fresh start. Whilst I was at work, thank you for the use of the word whilst, (laughs) amazing, they donated all of the old tenant's belongings. I appreciated the sentiment, but it made me nervous. A few weeks later, my new roommate Sophie moved in. Very quickly, we both began to feel watched, and no matter the temperature outside, the unit became unbearing, unbearably cold. That's to the, not good. Mm, to the point where our fingers would turn yellow and blue. That's not good. No. I found myself thinking of the old tenant, a young man named Teddy. I had never met nor seen the old tenant, yet he would flick across my mind like a memory. His sweet smile, soft nature, his natural artistic talent. Slowly, I began to feel his actual presence in the unit, his form like an almost mirage in the corner of my bedroom or in the hallway, like he was there, but not there, behind a few sheets of reality. That's beautiful. I began conversing with him in my mind, and our strange relationship bloomed into a friendship. I had no way of knowing whether he was actually the old tenant or if I was slowly losing grip on reality. So I asked the neighbors, they explained with grim expressions, that the old tenant's name was Teddy. He was a young graphic designer, and he completed suicide in the main bedroom, my bedroom, five months before we moved in. Oh my god, that's fresh! Yeah, this shook Sophie and I, as we knew weird things had been happening. However, we ultimately were okay with it, because Teddy was by no means sinister. However, as 2020 began, and thus the emergence of the pandemic, Teddy's energy shifted. Yeah, I bet. In my daily interactions with him, I felt his energy shifting from melancholy sweetness into more rageful aggression. Mm -hmm. As Melbourne plummeted into 246 days of the world's strictest lockdown, we became trapped in a haunted house. Oh, fuck. Literally with nowhere to go. I remember how strict that lockdown was. That was not a fun time. I began having terrible nightmares about my family being decapitated and waking up suddenly to to Teddy leaning over me, his face inches from mine. Another night, Sophie and her boyfriend were watching a movie in the lounge room and I was making dinner in the kitchen. There was a terrifying bang and a scream from Sophie as the mirror in the lounge room flew off the wall and skidded to my feet in the kitchen. 
Simultaneously, all of our little ornaments in the lounge room shattered, except for a little Virgin Mary statue that Soph had collected Mm -hmm. for ironic purposes. It reached a peak a week later. Soph was up at 4 a.m. getting ready for an early nursing shift. As she was dressed, her bedroom door suddenly banged with a loud thud, thud, thud. As Soph opened the door, she heard footsteps running down the hall, and my bedroom door swung open. Worried for me, she ran to my room and found me murmuring and tossing restlessly in my sleep. I was in a deep, horrific nightmare. Soph, absolutely freaked, decided to lock it from her mind and quickly left for work. I woke up a few hours later to my office chair wheeling back and forth beside my bed, My room's so cold you could see my breath. I whispered, Teddy, please, you're scaring me. Stop now. The chair stopped moving and a wave of Teddy's immense sadness washed over me. Teddy was lost and scared too and he needed my help. I imagined a white light surrounding him that stretched up towards the sky. I told him he had permission to move on if he wanted to. He accepted, I felt his presence dissipate, and all paranormal activities stopped for good. Soph and I have theories that when my mom moved his belongings, it stirred up his spirit. As our depression grew during the COVID lockdown, he began to reflect our energy. I sometimes miss him, the true him, but I really hope he is somewhere happy. My experience with Teddy opened my abilities, and I encounter spirits daily. However, I have developed much better boundaries now. P.S. I had an eerily almost identical experience to Laura when I was a kid, with my best friend and I being friends with the same imaginary old woman who would teach us magic tricks. (laughs) Thank you again for all you do, warmest, Jordan. Jordan! Wow. I thought it was really interesting how the energy started out as one thing mm-hmm. and then grew to be very very scary but then mm-hmm. Jordan had the discernment to not give up on this spirit and know that it was just him sort of acting out due to I mean I think she was spot on mm-hmm. this is not uncommon Right. Um, that a spirit comes across as harmless at first, and then the more you talk to them, the more like agitated they become. It's like a human you'd meet or a person kind <laughs> alive. Of, yes. Almost. And I feel like Jordan's situation was very unique because. Locked, like none of us have ever experienced anything like COVID quarantine, COVID lockdown. Yeah. Um, but even pre-COVID, uh, it's it's not. This is why I tell my kids like we don't talk to spirits that we don't know. <laughs> Just like people. Just like people. Again. We don't talk to people we don't know because some people can start off as being really charming and fun to talk to and interesting and then the more we give our energy to them all of a sudden there's this shift mm-hmm. and that's very common with like trickster spirits 
um, especially the more malevolent trickster spirits. Mm -hmm. You'll find this theme is common in a lot of like scary movies. Yeah. And it's just, it's not that unusual for a spirit to start out as being like kind of friendly, kind of interesting, almost alluring. It's a form of shape-shifting or glamour even. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, what's going on and it's because that's how they hook you and they start getting your energy because you want to talk to them now you want to engage with them yeah and that's why like when i encounter spirits who are deceased especially if they've had a hard time like my immediate reaction is to do elevation work for them so that they can move on Mm -hmm. because the longer you keep them around even though it's fun at first yeah like it always goes south do you think that all spirits that are tied to the earth that are lost in that way need to be elevated and moved on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. They all need elevation if they're stuck. If they um, want to stay and if they're happy. And if, if they want. There are some spirits. I call them land sisters. And right, those are spirits okay. who've like dealt with their yeah. earthly stuff. Yeah. But their calling is to right. return to the land. Right. And be like guardians or be protectors um, of what like I found their spaces, of spaces or their people or mm-hmm. their cultures. Um, but what I found with like other earthbound spirits who are having trouble elevating because they want to stay, there's always something that they're holding on to that not only gets in their way, but it ends up getting in their descendants' way as well. Even if it's like things that are seemingly harmless, like I have a yeah. I can't tell you how many femmes I've dealt with where like their grandparents were really overly protective yeah. and they're like, we just don't want you to experience what we've experienced, mm-hmm. but it stops the living from like getting to actually enjoy their life. Yeah. And so even though they were doing something out of the kindness of their heart and they were attached out of the kindness of their heart, yeah. it was causing suffering for the yeah. living. And so we had to elevate them on. That's um, very interesting. Mm-hmm. On the show that I watch, Kindred Spirits and some other shows, I think they're a little, their take is like they don't try to move spirits on. Mm. Maybe because that's not really, they're not mediums and they're not. That's why mediums are important to have in paranormal investigations, Mm. I think. Mediums that know how to do that elevation work. Because there's a difference between like helping a spirit move on to what they need to do or what they Sometimes maybe they don't know that they need to do that. Yeah. And then kicking something out without totally easing. You know what I mean? In a, in a violent way. Like, yeah. Like sh- just trying to like get rid of a spirit without. Like your jaw and swallowing it whole. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they don't deserve it. Yeah. Or when they're not a ancestor, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, I've seen them yeah. be like, we don't do that. And that's, you know, that's their, that's their discernment. Yeah. But they're like, we don't think that all spirits need to be moved on. So it's just interesting to ask because yeah. it's interesting to, to think yeah. about. Well, and I'm sure like in, in every culture, it's going to be a little different. Yeah, but that makes know? sense to me. I mean, yeah. that's great. Um, wow, what a great story. That was a really good story. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Okay, so this story is from Monique. Interestingly, New Zealand. We did get a, several like stories from Australia and New, New Zealand. Zealand. Interesting. And then we had some repeat names. Do we names. have fans? Do we have fans? Do we have in Kiwis? Australia, New Zealand? That's cool. Oh my God. There's a lot of Caitlin's in here. There's, I gave you all the Caitlin I names. I love Caitlin's. I love Katie's. The I love first Kate's. two stories that we got, their names were Caitlin. Ah, uh, 
And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give the Caitlyn's to Caitlyn. I love surrounding myself with other people that have the same name. I Me used too. to live with two other Katie's. That's great. And we would all just shout, Kate, Kate, across the house. And it was so fun. Um, <laughs> and we knew which Kate we were talking about somehow. Amazing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, this is a story from Monique. And Monique... When I read this, I was like, what? (laughs) So I cannot wait to read it for all of you. I'm ready. Okay. Hi, I'm Monique and I'm from New Zealand. I moved into a house with my friend a couple months ago. She kept telling me that there were strange things going on, but I didn't think it was dark energy. So I moved in anyway. About a week into me living there, Things started to get crazy. You could hear people running through the house from morning to night, keeping in mind that nobody lived above or below us. We were in a house, not an apartment. One evening, I, oh, I just remembered what the story said. <laughs> One evening, I was out of the house because my landlord was showing people around the property as we were moving out in a month. When I came back home, I turned my car into the driveway and saw a woman in a red coat standing in front of my house. My friend who was in the car with me saw her as well, so I backed out of the driveway and parked on the street. We sat in the car for about 10 minutes waiting for my landlord to leave the property, but she never came out. We decided to go back down the driveway to see what was going on because it was almost 8 o'clock. The lights in my house were off. Nobody was in there. We looked around the entire outside of the house and the woman could not be found. (laughs) A few days later, me and my cousin decided to try LSD for the first time. Why not? My friend and her boyfriend were sober to make sure we didn't do anything stupid. Love that. Everything was fine until the sun went down. The house had the ener- this energy about it, which we could only describe as the conjuring. It was very sinister. I made the mistake of looking into the mirror, and I saw this woman in a mirror who wasn't me. My sober friend saw her as well. I think I must have accidentally opened a portal and let her out. Because she wasn't in the mirror anymore. No. She was outside my bedroom window. She was running around the house. She was under my bed. She was everywhere. My sober friend saw everything too and actually started crying, telling me we needed to leave the house. I told her, no, I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm not proud of this. But I made a deal with the entity. I told her she couldn't have any of our bodies, but she could have somebody else's. I sent the entity to someone's house that had wronged me in the past. Monique is vicious. (laughs) Oh my God, Monique, you are goals. (laughs) I don't know what happened to them, nor have I heard from them since. But as soon as I sent her away... All the activity in the house just stopped. Wow. I still have no explanation for what went down in that particular house. But I do know 
I never want to go back there again. Holy shit, Monique. Okay. You sent... <laughs> you made a... Di- you know what? That's pretty level-headed. You said, wait a sec. In your LSD, whatever was happening. There I don't know if this is options. when you when you were still on LSD or not. But there are options here. And I'm protecting myself. <laughs> by sending by her sending to thine enemies. <laughs> to thine enemies. That is kind of badass <laughs> I'm not above that I, type of vengeance it is vengeance for sure look you did what you had to do and you took care of it <laughs> you took care of it are you sure about that you are did. you sure about that <laughs> wow ah! I mean look karma comes in many forms sometimes it's sending a red coated entity to Ooh. That's this is a wild one. I definitely felt like tingles (laughs) when I was reading this. Yeah, I got nice Um, visuals from it. I got really good visuals from it. I, I really creepy. I'm not gonna say (laughs) how I feel. Look, I know, I know that was not. I'm kidding. It's not the best situation. Something I will talk about is that. as a medium, as like a psychically and spiritually sensitive person, I've come to the awareness that like I can't do psychedelics. Oh, I, I as a normal person can't do psychedelics yeah, I either. I can't. I can't take mushrooms. I don't I, like I, it. I I become way too open. Yeah, I would imagine. Way too open. What happened? And I kind of wonder was if maybe it's because connected. Of, oh, to that. absolutely! Yeah, like Monique is the psychically sensitive person, and Monique was extra open because of the yeah. LSD. And like, there's nothing wrong with like doing recreational drugs. You did all the right things. You had sitters. Yeah, good for you. LSD um, plus not mirrors judging. equals whoa. Yeah, like I wouldn't look in a mirror on psychedelics anyway. That's always bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you already have activity. Like whoa. Ah! I'm glad everyone's okay now. You took care of it. Um, Heary. Woo, I took care of it. Spray a little. Cleanse yeah. Spray I'm, after that. <laughs> yeah. Give me some too. This. Okay. The red coat. Ooh. Fucked me up a little bit. The, the red, red coat. coat. Like being. That's in. That's a bold fashion choice for a spirit. I wonder why. Don't know. That's. Mm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fascinating. Bravo. Honestly, that felt like a poultry guy. And that, thank you for being honest. Because you yes. could have been like, I called in a priest. And then, no, you were just like, go over to Susie's house over there. And like, you can't hold that shit in forever. So thank you for telling I've us about it. Rarely in all the paranormal stuff that I digest, entertainment wise, not literally. Um, I've never heard of anybody sending the fucking entity to someone's to house. house. That is that pretty radical. <laughs> pretty fucking smart and radical and interesting. Dress and is falling off. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> ah! Do you want to read one more? Yes. Yes. This is from Sarah. There's no title. Hello, Caitlin and Laura. I have a spooky and not-so-spooky story to share with you. I used to work at my local youth and recreation center, once an old school. That's a good one. 
It was no secret the building was quite haunted, and it was norm to hear footsteps, etc. It was never anything too crazy, and I always wore my selenite kyanite necklace to work and felt perfectly comfortable. The last night of one of our winter recreation sessions, however, was wildly different. For whatever reason, someone decided we should play the game Manhunt. Who thought this was a good name for a kid's game? LOL. Truly. (laughs) What was the reason? (laughs) Which is basically just hide and seek in the dark as a last treat for the year. Why not just call it hide and seek? Hide and seek in the dark? Okay. (laughs) It reminds me of that movie or the book where they hunt the people the people get hunted oh most dangerous game yes yeah dangerous game uh where was i we had come to the part of the night where we had to tell anyone else who was still hiding that it was time to come out and get ready to go home ollie ollie oxen free (laughs) as i was walking through the halls i heard a loud pounding against the walls coming from the stage cafeteria area I walked into the room, and one of my coworkers came in from the gym to next to the next door over. I had thought the noise might be coming from in there, and she thought it might have been me. The noise was so booming, it was as though someone was tapping a microphone or doing construction work on the cinder block back wall of the stage. But no one else was in the building besides recreation leaders and the kids, And I was racking my brain trying to understand how a a kid could possibly make such a loud noise. After no responses, the it's time to get out from there to the it's time to get out from there for my coworker and I. She one, two, three, not it, me to to get on the stage and check things out. The curtains had been closed. And I did my best to embody my inner badass witch slash Dean Winchester. (laughs) I hear you. I validate that. Dean's a badass. Of course, I couldn't find the light switch, so I descended stage right and made my way across the stage. It was covered in gymnastics equipment for classes the next day, which made my task at hand all the more unnerving trying to brace myself in the event. A seven-year-old popped out to scare me in the dark from behind something that I would not accidentally hurt anyone out of fright. I reached stage left and stopped just before the other staircase. The closer I got, my insides went cold and my brain immediately went, I am not supposed to be here. Do you see anyone? My coworker asked me quietly from the room. Okay, they didn't, they didn't yell. Did you see anyone? <laughs> my coworker asked me quietly from the room. Kayla, there's no one here. I got down from the stage quickly, as quickly as I could, and we left the room. It was the most intense experience I've ever had. I wish more was known about the history of the building, but based on its location and the area of the land itself, I feel like it might have been had a lot of troubled spirits inhabiting it. Needless to say, I came home and bathed with salts and did a lot of protection and cleansing of myself. On a happier note, I also have a very sweet story to share. When I was nine, my papa passed away. This is not the sweet part, lol. (laughs) He and I were incredibly close, best buddies. His passing was completely unexpected. I spent the next week in bed, home from school, trying to understand a world without my best friend in it. The first day I had stayed home, it was just my mom and I at home. She was downstairs doing laundry, and I was laying in her bed. 
Out of nowhere, from the corner of the room, I heard the sound of a kiss. My little nine-year-old brain took it in for a second and immediately knew what it went. I did a little back. It was such a special moment to have had, and I hold it close. Oh, that's really sweet. One last thing. It isn't really a story, but I think Laura will enjoy this. (laughs) Thank you all for thinking of me. (laughs) On occasion, I can hear the nails of my sweet beagle my family had until I was a baby scattering tapping across our wooden floors. The first time it really surprised me, but now it just makes me smile. (laughs) I know the sound exactly. I have not heard that noise from my dearly departed hound and it makes me sad but whatever whatever it's not about me thank you for sharing thank you both for all the magic you create and for always keeping it real and making me laugh too blessed be sarah thank you sarah thank you sarah also thank you everyone for like really taking it to the next level as a creative writing project like grammatically on narratives are incredible you're really bringing us to the place the time, the, time, the, the zone, experience. The experience. I, Sarah, if you're comfortable with letting us know, like, where that rec center was privately, like, I would love to investigate yeah. some more about, like, yeah. the history of the space. Because yeah. now I'm curious, too. I know. Thank you so much. Should I do one short one? And then we'll save the rest for our patrons. Ooh, sure. Okay. One last story. Let's see. Should mm, I read that one. This short one or this short one? What do you think? Let's do this one. Okay. This one's from Vanessa. So all the Caitlin stories will be on Patreon. Mm. Um, Hi, I love your Instagram and pod. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have many ghost stories or more like experiences with spirits. This was my first real experience with a spirit that changed everything for me. It was the summer of 1995. My family lived in a three-bedroom apartment on a second-floor walk-up. My mother was a single parent who had creative ways in making sure we used to we used the little money we had to keep us cool. Can I just take a moment? In 1995, single parents used to be able to afford a three-bedroom apartment. Wow. And in 2023... Two parents can barely afford a one-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. Context. I'm taking you back. (laughs) Reel it back. (laughs) Reel it back in. My mother was a single parent who had creative ways in making sure we used the little money we had to keep us cool. In doing so, she built a curtain-retaining wall in the hallway between two rooms to keep the air conditioner flowing between us. The curtain was held up with anchors and a strong pull. So when my six-year-old brother would run and pull it, it wouldn't budge. It held up for an entire summer of kids running through the hallway until this one night. My mother, a devout Catholic, had us say our nightly prayers with her in her room as we knelt at the foot of her bed. Her room was at the end of the hall adjacent to a painting of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I was kneeling alongside my mother, facing the bedroom door. My sister knelt across from me with her back towards the doorway, and my younger brother sat in bed 
while we all prayed. While praying, I suddenly saw something that caught my eye. I looked out into the hallway and witnessed a large, shadow-like figure as tall as our eight-foot ceiling slowly lift the hallway curtain up, then peer into our room. My mother yelled at us to remain in the room, and she ran out after it. Our apartment was small, and being on the top floor, we had 13 steps from the front door to our hallway. In a matter of seconds, the shadow figure was gone. My mother ran into the hallway, past the steps, front door, and into the kitchen. She grabbed a knife and looked in every room, every closet, and checked every window. Everything was closed, still, and calm. She says she stayed up all night sitting in the living room, while all us kids went to bed in her room together. Early the next morning, we went to leave our apartment, and the door handle on the large steel metal door was hanging out of its socket from the inside. My mother, terrified that someone had broken in, called the cops and our superintendent to fix the door. When the super came over with his large hand wrench and toolbox, my mother told him how someone had broken into our home. He paused, looked at her, and said, No, ma'am. Someone wasn't trying to break in. It looks like someone was trying to break out. Somehow, we knew it wasn't a person. The shadow was too tall. There was no definition to their body. They disappeared as quickly as they came. Our door handle wasn't broken that night. Our hallway curtain remained on the floor. And my memory of what I saw never vanished. Shortly after that moment, strange things began to happen in the apartment. I saw shadow figures, most of them my height, walking around. We heard noises that sounded like a jacket swishing up and down the hallway, and random items would randomly be thrown across the room. We got our house blessed multiple times by priests. We prayed, but it continued for years. It was never never the same as the tall shadow figure, but many other spirits chose to walk through that home. Nothing ever like that moment. The moment I knew we weren't alone wow it's fucked up stamp 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 it's fucked up vanessa again short story like excellent uh, excellent writing skills make this into a little novella that was really good um i am sorry you experienced that that is fucking terrifying the door broken off from the inside the fuck your poor mom oh my god your poor mom yeah just That's like a lot. grabbing a knife and just all by herself, like trying to manage three kids right. who are probably all freaking out. Like, oh my That's god, a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Ugh. Do we wow. Away? <laughs> we just keep going. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> Wait, Mike's not here. <laughs> this feels weird. What do we do? <laughs>
<laughs> like Garth, I'm just like, Ugh. ever seen that scene in Scanners? <laughs> like it's going to come back and I have so much to edit out. <laughs> I know. Oh, shit. He can't make his notes. <gasps> edit us out. Sorry. <laughs> well, that was great. Hot damn. Hot damn, everybody. Wow. That was... Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Thank, Thank you, you for so much. the time and effort you put into writing those stories. They're incredible. They're incredible. Um, Thank you for tuning in to Third Eye Bind this season. Yes. That's it. Thank you for supporting us over the last four seasons. It's incredible. We are so grateful and honestly kind of overwhelmed by all of the support that we've received. Yes. And... If you want to hear more ghost stories, we will be reading the rest of them on Patreon. Mm -hmm. And I think we might do a little season four wrap up. We're going to do a season four wrap up video Mm -hmm. as well. So uh, just for our patrons. Just for patrons. So if you're a patron, keep an eye out for that. Yes. And it's patreon.com slash third eye bind. Right. And we're going to start cooking up our season five. I know. We've already got ideas for season five. We have ideas. Mm -hmm. If you have uh, suggestions for episodes, feel free to send them to us. Let us know. Just DM us or email us or whatever. We have a submission form on our website now Mm -hmm. to make it really easy. Yeah, if there's something you want to hear about or hear more about, Mm -hmm. we're down. We're down for suggestions. We love hearing from you. We are very excited Mm -hmm. to start planning. what. By the time this airs, it will almost be our one-year one anniversary. anniversary of the pod. So mm-hmm. July 17th. Yes, July 17th will be mm-hmm. one year. And maybe we'll do something special for Patreon or maybe an extra bonus episode something. in between seasons. We'll do something Or maybe to a celebrate. party for the locals. What do or you maybe think? a best of cut episode or something. That'd be really we'll cute. See. Yeah. 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 I love that. We'll, uh, we'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. Or I would really like some cake. I would love that some would cake. would be great. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. And thank, thank all you. of you for tuning in. To Third Eye Bind. Be sure to leave us a message on the Third Eye line. Until next season. <laughs> Goodbye. Returning to the grave. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. You can follow the podcast at Third Eye Bind Pod on Instagram. There, submit your questions via the Third Eye line by sending us a voice message or text DM. The show is available wherever you listen to podcasts and for you to watch on YouTube. Get early access to episodes and even monthly one-on-one sessions with us by joining our Patreon. Find us at patreon.com slash Third Eye Bind. Third Eye Bind is produced and edited by Mike Realm. Hosted by Caitlin Grania and Laura Wong. Music by Mike Realm. Set design by Laura Wong. You can find Laura on Instagram at Lady Moon Co. And you can find Caitlin at caitlin.grania. <laughs>